Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast, hosted by Shalinda Kirby, a cervical cancer survivor, and Natalie Supes, a Crohn's warrior since 2007. Our goal is to give you proof that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. You can also follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Here are your hosts. All right, new episode. Welcome. Uh, this episode is just going to be Natalie and I hanging yeah. out, chit-chatting about life and uh, mostly pregnancy because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard or not, but Natalie's expecting Hello. a baby. 16 weeks. Oh, 16 Baby's now. the size of like an orange. That's what your app says? Uh-huh. She has an app. <laughs> and uh, every time that we get together, I often ask her, what, what size is the baby? Because the app gives you the most obscure like measuring. <laughs> like one time when you first found out, I think it was like the size of a, what was it? The avocado pit or something yeah, like that. And before that, it's like a chia seed. and like... Yeah. Like the comparisons are all like food based. I'm but like, they can, oh, you can cool. switch it. And I've had it tell me it's like, it's the size of a troll. Like, a troll. A troll. And then it shows like the little toy troll, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, what? I'm like, Not a real troll actually even exists. How is that a measuring? Anyways. All right. So, yeah, this episode, um, we haven't done this much, but I just want to just chat about like the, how the last few months have been, how getting pregnant was, and just like sit here with you and have a conversation. I think a lot of our listeners come and listen to us just because we're ridiculous and so yeah there's nothing wrong with just having an episode where we shoot the shit per se that's what i would say and of course you guys tell us if you like this like if you like us just chatting let us know on instagram we'll do more of it if you hate it we won't do it again and that's the thing we try to mix up each week with something different like one week it will just be you and i the next week we'll have an interview and then like the week after that it will just be you and i again Um, before we get into talking about your pregnancy, I just want to say, like, I want to open up to the fact that whenever I talk to someone who's expecting or someone who wants to have a family or is trying to have a family, as someone who uh, has chosen the child-free life for my own, you know, that's what I want out of life mm. is not to have a, a family. That's just, you know, a choice I've made. And it was, you know, highly affected by the the fact that when I had cervical cancer, I had a piece of my cervix removed. So there's actually probably a good chance I would never be able to conceive, which is completely fine by me. Um, But I always feel so much guilt because um, there has been women that I've talked to that are trying to get pregnant. And when I say that I don't want to be pregnant in my lifetime, um, they make me feel bad for that. I don't like... So I guess I have a lot of friends and close friends who don't want kids. So okay. maybe it's because like I've never thought of it that way. But when you first told me that, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, why would they make you feel guilty? I think it's because like there's this stigma for some reason attached to pregnancy that if you are a woman, that there's just this socialized <laughs> pressure to have a baby. Like that's a real thing. And I'm, and I'm only speaking on this because... I won't be able to add to the conversation in terms of will, what though. it's like to yeah. be pregnant, yeah. right? Um, and maybe that's why I get a little bit anxious in talking about pregnancy so much is because I feel like um, not less of a woman by any means, but just that because I've chosen that path in life that I'm not entitled to have that conversation with someone who is 
choosing to be a mother. But as a best friend, mm-hmm. like you're going to be a part of the baby's life. So of course, like, yeah. I, and thank you for sharing that. First of all, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just like, speaking out from my yeah, experience. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to diminish it because I'm sure so many women feel that way. So I love that that's like that you brought that up and are, and are voicing it versus just like, yeah, pushing through. I just, I think that with women, when it comes to pregnancy, no matter what choice we've made, we need to just be a little bit more empathetic towards mm. that. And that's why I try to be empathetic towards women who do choose to have children. That's yeah. their choice. Just like how it's my choice not to have choice. children. And, and and it's no one's place unless you're open about it to yeah. ask why or And if anything. they change their mind later on in their lives mm-hmm. and you've known them to say they didn't want kids or that they do end up having kids, that that doesn't change no. your respect Just like or anything view. anything in real life. Like how many people change religions? How many people change careers? Like we're humans. We're changing all yeah. the time. So yeah. So I judge. just wanted to touch that before we got that. into it. No, I love that so much. Okay, good. Now I feel better. <laughs> So let's talk about pregnancy. <laughs> Yay. Yes. But let's I talk about do you think you would have so much to add to it because you are around and you have friends who are uh, dealing with infertility. Listen up in the next couple of weeks. You guys mm-hmm. will hear those episodes. Um, but yeah, I do think and as a friend, as someone who's there, you definitely do. And and it's just because you don't want kids doesn't mean you're not around. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's or don't true. have an opinion or a voice. For yeah. sure. Oh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. So 16 weeks. Yeah. It's been crazy. Yeah. Talk about the last, like, I guess let's start with when you found out you were pregnant because I think that was kind of the funniest uh, part of it because you guys were trying. <laughs> yeah. And then so, it just happened. Yeah. We were trying for, okay. So we, to back up even a little bit more, we, I got off of birth control when I was 21. So about like seven months into dating Steven, nine years ago ish. Yeah, yeah, nine years ago. I'm good at math. Um, <laughs> I had been doing research on Crohn's and just realized how much birth control, all types of birth control. I was on the NuvaRing at the time, but on the pill before and the um, implant, everything affects chronic illness a lot because because it's different types of hormones, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's and chronic illness already affects those. So I just made the decision for myself to get off of them, and so we just use protection going forward um when we got married in we got married three years ago (laughs) (laughs) baby brain yeah when we got married three years ago we stopped using protection um but we didn't start trying by meaning like i wasn't tracking my ovulation i wasn't like checking and i was still in an a bad flare so we didn't have sex that often Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. something that i'm not i don't love talking about like i'm not super open when it comes to my sex life but um so it wasn't it wasn't like you know for a full week we were trying by any means and then about a year ago we decided to start trying so i started um tracking my ovulation on a period app and that's pretty much all i did and then that wasn't working so then um, I got an ABA bracelet. So you guys can look on them on Instagram or whatever. Uh, and it, it tracks your temperature. It tracks your heart rate. It tracks a few other things like five parameters. And it's a medical device. Um, they have like all of the all the stuff to be a medical device. And they won awards and stuff like that. And I saw on another influencer, Jenna Kutcher, she had infertility issues for like five years. And she tried it and she got pregnant. So I tried it. And a few months later, we'd been trying and nothing was happening. So in October, we tried. And then I didn't even look at the app. I was just wearing the watch at night. And we were like two weeks or a week past trying. 
And I even went out for um, a friend's birthday and had a beer. Like zero thought that there was a possibility of me right. being pregnant. We had already planned infertility treatments. We were going to uh, Heartland, which is an infertility clinic here in Winnipeg. In January, I had an ultrasound booked to see like what was going on in January. So like none of my brain was that like I could be pregnant. And then one day I was on the Ava bracelet Facebook page. I had joined it out of nowhere because I remember that they had a community and I was like, maybe I'll get some support. I'm starting to feel really alone in this journey. Mm -hmm. And I go on and it was in that day, it was a day where people were posting like once a week, they have post your chart and we'll tell you like what's going on or if you have any questions about your chart, your parameters, what's going on. Um, So people were posting and I saw this one and her temperature had gone up since she ovulated and it was just continuously going up and everyone's like, congratulations, mama, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, huh? Then I'm like, does that mean you're pregnant? And I look and like everyone's saying like, if your temperature doesn't drop after that, like when it's ready to post be your period time, then you're pregnant. I was like, wait a second. Um, I'm pretty sure mine hasn't dropped. And so I went back into my app and I saw and it it hadn't dropped. It was continuously rising. And then I looked back months prior and it dropped always like the day after I ovulated. Yeah. So like my whole body was like, oh my God, oh my God. And so I'm like, I don't believe it. And a year prior, we had gone and bought all the ovulation test strips. Oh, I didn't mention I was also testing my... out of breath, baby, baby, baby <laughs> takes my breath away. Um, so I was testing with strips as well, but we had also bought in pregnancy tests. So we bought like the expensive ones that say yes or no. And so I had these like deep in a closet from a year ago. I had never even tried testing because I knew I wasn't. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my husband's at work. It's a Friday. I test and it says yes. Like it's, it wasn't the expensive one yet. It was the one with the two lines and it was a very faint line like super faint, like you could hardly see it. And I had never really tested before, like maybe years ago, but not recently. So I didn't realize, like I knew the faint line meant yes, but I didn't in my head at that moment. So I went and got the other pregnancy test, the expensive one. Mm -hmm. And then it said yes. And I freaked out, like freaked out. Like I have a video and I'm planning on putting all of them together, but like I started bawling and all I could say for like five solid minutes was, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. Like, I, it's the funniest video you would ever seen because in the first moment, I'm like, it happened. I'm pregnant. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And yeah. then like terror filled my body, which isn't an experience a lot of women have. I don't think. Maybe, maybe it is. See, I would have complete terror if it was possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I've ever taken a pregnancy test as someone who doesn't want children, I'll tell you what, those tense, those True. like one, those 60 seconds are the <laughs> two freaking, minutes. Yeah. Longest time ever. And then, yeah, you, you, your sense of relief to see that, you know, no, but yeah. for you, you were like, Whoa. Yeah. I guess for women who are trying, you don't think they would be terrified, yeah. but my terror was just like what if I lose it what if this Mm. is two false positives like I can't mentally deal with that like I can't I I've had friends who have miscarriages and I can't do that and I don't know like and I just like spiraled and so (laughs) my husband's at work I don't obviously want to tell anyone before telling my husband but I'm literally pacing my house for like a solid five minutes saying holy fuck without stopping and bawling and I'm like I think I'm gonna have like a mental breakdown I need someone so I called one of my best friends Danielle who's uh was pregnant at the time with her third baby. And <laughs> she's the last lash technician. She was in the middle of a client. She 
I was texting her. I'm like, SOS, pick up, 911, I need you. <laughs> and she's like, she stopped her client <laughs> when she was doing her lashes. She called me and I'm like, are you working? She's like, what's wrong? Like, are you working? She's like, yes. I'm like, how long till you're done? <laughs> She's like, like 10 minutes. Why? I'm like, call me back. <laughs> you left her as a cliffhanger? I would yeah. I would have had to tell her. Like, I couldn't. I how needed, could she like, continue to work after that, not knowing what was I wrong with you? I thinking about anyone else except me in that oh moment. Oh, my gosh. Poor girl. So she talked to her client about the whole time. But she knew, actually, in her heart, like, she told me she knew that's what because it was. Because if it was something bad, 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 I would have told have, her. Yeah, yeah. And she knew. So, yeah. So she called me back and then, like, calmed me down a little bit. I'm like, I need to go to the doctor. She's like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you need to just, like, relax. And so I had to, like, move a lot of my meetings that day because I was, like, a mess. Your mind was, like, probably just, like, hyper-focused yeah. on the fact that you just <laughs> found out you're pregnant. Now I'm like, how am I going to tell my husband? It needs to be, like, YouTube-worthy. <laughs> And that's the day and age we live in nowadays. <laughs> so I went to uh, Winners. I bought like this cute little outfit and stuff for a box. I went to Dollarama. I got like little socks that say I heart daddy. The whole time my heart was like, m- like a racehorse, like crazy. And I was like, I can't do this. I called my doctor. I'm like my GI doctor and not even the general doctor, like my Crohn's doctor. And the receptionist Lonnie picks up and she's like, Hi, I'm like, can I please see Dr. Madison today? And she's like, uh, no, he's actually going on vacation. He won't be back till like next Thursday. I'm like, Lonnie? And like, I've had her for the last 12 years. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, <laughs> listen, Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to fill out a blood requisition form and like sign for him or stamp him or something to see if I'm pregnant because I will not last another day. She's like, can you come here in the next 15 minutes? I'm like, absolutely. She's like, I'll put you in before the rest of his clients. I'm like, wow, thank you. You just wanted that peace of mind. I just like having Crohn's and like trying for so long and being on medications for 12 years after the initial, like, I'm pregnant was, what do I do? What don't I do? What's going to, like, is the Crohn's going to affect it? Do I need to be on medications? Do I need to, like, up a certain, like, vitamin? My iron's low. Is that going to affect the baby? Like, it just was, like, all of this unknown that I needed a doctor to just be, like, chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the peace of mind. And a, and a doctor that I trusted. So I went, he gave me the requisition. Um, I went and got my blood tested that day, obviously, you don't get the results for a little bit. and But I knew already, obviously. I went home, took another pregnancy test. <laughs> you just wanted to confirm it. I was like, like, I couldn't I believe it. I completely understand. Yeah. yeah. And then I finally told my husband in, like, the cutest way. And it, he was so precious. And you did do it YouTube style. I did. So that it was caught on camera. Yeah. And it was the cutest thing ever from just a, a viewer perspective. Yeah. You know, you guys were sitting on the couch. And uh, <laughs> he definitely knew something was going on. Uh, but he didn't know what. Well, it was our anniversary. Coming That's up. right. So he thought I was like giving him an anniversary gift early, which was hilarious. Yeah. Because I'm like, put some pants on because he came back from like a construction kind of type job. And so he was like wearing like these holy like um, long johns. I'm like, I don't want that on my <laughs> Put some pants You're on. Like, He's like, why? Wear something nice for God's sakes. <laughs> Um, yeah, and his reaction was priceless. Was like, cutest. basically, he was so confused at the very beginning. He was like, you're pregnant? We're pregnant? What? Like, <laughs> And yeah, adorable. I think that anybody yeah. who is trying for a baby and you get to finally give that news to somebody mm. like your significant other or your family, those are big moments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and my family didn't know we were trying. 
So it was interesting to hear later that they thought we weren't going to have kids because of my Crohn's or because oh, I was scared, which okay. was, it, I really appreciate from their perspective, not ever pushing me. You know, you see those memes where it's like, or even like those things on Facebook where it's like, if a woman's not pregnant, don't ask her when, don't ask her when she's having kids, blah, blah, blah. I had distant family members and stuff asking when, yeah. never bugged me. But like my parents never once were like, we want grandchildren or anything wow. like that, which like, thank you so much. I know they're yeah. listening, but thank you because that would have been Even so when much I harder. was married, like uh, I was married for three years and the moment we got married, this is why somebody who's chosen to be child free, I guess this topic gets yeah. me so fired up because I knew and he knew and he actually ended up getting a vasectomy, my ex-husband, because yep. we both knew we we didn't want children. And even then people would say, well, you know, the vasectomy is reversible. Like, do you honestly think funny. that we went to that extreme that we would have that thought of, oh, well, at least it's, you know, reversible? <laughs> no, we've chosen the life of not having a child. Yeah. Like, but and we got the the pressure from you know our family and friends at that time and it was like it wasn't even a choice for us at that point it was like people were just like oh well it, it's still early in the marriage you know you haven't made up your minds yet and it's like no we knew why do you think we agreed to marry each other knowing yeah. that you know we made that decision before we it's, decided to commit uh, it's like with around this topic it's like people think they can say whatever they want yes two pregnant women two women who don't like shut up it's just my body. don't comment on women's bodies right? yeah so i like about like first of all i'm an only child so you'd think they'd want grandchildren and right. like pressure it but they never did which is like that is cool though. yeah so yeah. cool of them so um, it was a huge surprise then when mm-hmm. they found out that you guys were expecting yeah they were that. actually so confused they thought that like it was like because i gave i showed them a onesie that said our fur baby's getting a real baby and like they thought it was like for shiloh that he was gonna get like another dog or like they were so <laughs> lost like it takes their videos actually funny because they they're not even that like they're not like ah they're like huh they're just trying to figure like, it you're, out are you are, really it's yeah. funny and i will put together a youtube but i told like a lot of people on camera so i'm planning on putting That's it exciting. all together and putting it out there but yeah so here we are, uh, 16 weeks. So in second trimester, first trimester was hell. <laughs> and then, what was that experience like with Crohn's? Because, uh, like, you know, in a couple of episodes, we'll hear from one of my friends who also has Crohn's mm-hmm. um, coming up. And she went into remission for the period of her pregnancy, which happens. Yeah. Um, whereas you've had to obviously deal with, like, that morning sickness and stuff like that. What's mm-hmm. that been like? Yeah, so I think the, the the part my Crohn's affected it the most was actually right when I got pregnant, like I mentioned, more so my mind, because I was like, what what now? Like, is my Crohn's going to hurt the baby? Do I need to, like, I needed to increase my iron and I can't really take iron pills. So thankfully my GI, he actually went to a conference in Toronto and learned more and found out that it's not really safe to get iron infusions in the first trimester. Okay. So he booked it for my second trimester. I've already gone. I had an iron infusion at the hospital. Um, but my iron has actually been the highest it's ever been throughout my whole Crohn's journey, which has been really cool, mm-hmm. even prior to the infusion. Um, and I've been in remission prior to getting pregnant. Right. And so I still am in remission. Good. Um, it's just pregnancy that's really hard. Okay. And I, I'll totally get in. I actually brought my little book here with all my symptoms that I was dealing with. But before I get into that, I really want to stress that it's not all women that deal with infertility with Crohn's. Um, it took us a year, but it takes a lot of women a year. 
But there's some women with Crohn's who get pregnant like crazy every mm-hmm. time that, you know, they they slip up. So it don't don't listen to these two episodes and feel like because you have Crohn's, you're not going to be able to have kids. You are. And it just it, it depends on your body. Yeah. Everybody's How, body is yeah. different. And for me, what I was really scared of um, with the the year of trying was that the medications I had been on for so long had affected me. And so my doctor never said ever to me once that Crohn's would affect my um, reproduction. Reproduction? Yeah, whatever. Um, But for me in the back of my head, I was like, I have been on, you know, I was on painkillers for 12 years. I was on... 30 pills I was on Humira I was on yeah, chemo meds like a beating literally chemo meds for like seven years like I was on crazy medications forever so I was like how like what if I'm not and so all of that like came flooding in when I first found out but then as weeks continued it kind of went to the back of my head and I just tried to eat whatever I could so that was the biggest um symptom that I had in um Actually, in the first, so I found out early because the Ava bracelet thing, right? That was like five days or four days before my period was even supposed to come. So usually women don't find out till after that. So I found out pretty early. Um, What I remember, and so in week three of pregnancy, which is the weirdest thing, if you don't want to have kids or if you don't know yet, if you're not there in your life, they count your last the first day of your last period as week one of pregnancy. I've always been so confused what? about that. Like, Doesn't make so sense. confusing. You don't even have sex for three weeks after that. Yeah. So how's that? Huh? I know. That's so confusing <laughs> to me. I am not it the person to answer that too. question. No, like it boggles <laughs> my mind. So week three, which is essentially as soon as we got pregnant, right? Like the day or a few days later is when the embryo implants into your right, uterus. Right, implantation or whatever. Yeah. Holy crap. And I've heard that's like painful you and you what? spot. And- People say that. So there's there's things out there and doctors will say that you don't feel it. Uh, well, I must have had like a crazy freaking flare up or... Um, the cyst on my ovary popped, which could be cause it's gone. But like for two days, my pain with my Crohn's was like a 17 out of 10. Ooh. Like it was, I actually smoked weed and I haven't for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, I couldn't move from my bed. Like it was like a sharp, like, I guess implantation, like something stabbing my uterus. Debilitating. Debilitating. But I didn't think I was pregnant. Right. That remember I didn't right, even didn't consider know at it. that point. So I thought it was my Crohn's disease. Um, and I was like, oh no, I'm going into a flare. And it was like, I couldn't even, I couldn't, I was laid, laid down on my bed and I couldn't even flip to a side. Like it was so bad. And that happened and I smoked weed. I ate a little bit and I fell asleep. Mm -hmm. Next night it happened again. So this is why for like the first four weeks I was convinced I was having twins. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. It happened again. So then, um, kind of fast forward a little when I had my first ultrasound, it was about the cysts on my ovaries which were about six and a half inches inches holy six and a half centimeters uh, the last time they saw them and those were gone so i'm thinking maybe the baby implanted and the cyst burst or the cyst burst and the baby implanted i don't know that's just my thoughts i could be completely wrong but the pain was unbearable (sighs) yeah and so then i found out the following week and like instantly as soon as i found out i was nauseous i had food aversions i could hardly eat anything and i was like this in my head, okay, I don't want to really admit to this, but like as a holistic nutrition coach, I would see pregnant women posting on like Instagram and stuff. And I'd be like, how could you eat that? 
And it feels so bad. Like in my head, of course, I would never say it to them, but I'd be like, they're eating like a grilled cheese sandwich, which hello, if I could get that down, thank God. Right. But like at the time, you know, ignorant, not even whatever. <laughs> um, judging because I'd be like, well, wouldn't you want to feed your baby the best nutrients? <laughs> that goes out the window. Like mm. the moment I could even think about putting anything in my mouth, I would throw up. So like it was popsicles, pizza pops and egos for like the first couple of weeks. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I there think that isn't. there's a lesson to be, you know, yeah. learned in all of this is that, you know, it, a lot of the times we are so hard on ourselves for, you know, things like the what we're putting into our bodies and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, in a, in a case where you're pregnant, I mean, you kind of have to listen to your body just yeah. like you do when you're sick yep. on what you need and what you don't need. Yeah. And like that was to a big eye opener for me. Like, first of all, stop judging people. Like, it's not like I would ever say anything to that woman. Right. right? It's but just in it's my just head, a, you know, I was like, I won't be like that. And then, of course, I like it was tenfold for me. So, um, yeah, I was instantly nauseous. um, But I wasn't puking in the first like a lot. Really, I think I excuse me. I think I threw up like twice or three times in the first trimester. But I was super nauseous and a lot of crying. But I think that was just like figuring everything out. Right. I did have a lot of cramping near the beginning, like week five, which was scary again because of the whole like I can't handle a miscarriage if that mm-hmm. happens, like just being scared of all the stories because the day of social media, like you see it everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. And so and people are more candid about mm-hmm. things like miscarriages and stuff like that nowadays rather yeah. than before. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't want to read it because then you're like, is that going to happen to me? But then you want to be aware. And it's just like this mind game. Um, and the nausea just continued. I, oh, and then in week six, I had a bunch of insomnia. So week six till now. So the last 10 weeks, I pretty much don't sleep at night. It's like the baby's getting me ready. Mm. So like I'll go to bed as early as I can and then I'll like flip and toss and turn and be uncomfortable and, um, yeah, all that. That's fun. Oh, and then peeing. <laughs> all the oh, peeing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because the yeah. bladder, I would imagine, has pressure. But even so early, like yeah. week six, week seven, like every 10 seconds. That's come down a little bit now, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I was peeing like seven times a night. Like it was crazy. As for Crohn's, I don't think it really affected me. But in week seven-ish, I had a lot of diarrhea. And I think that's mostly because I went from such a healthy diet Mm -hmm. to such a not healthy diet. So my body was like, what is happening? You know? There was just an adjustment period for for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was taking multivitamins and all that kind of stuff. But um, it it was tough. And um, so the nausea continued. And it wasn't until like week 12, I think. Right. Or 13. Right. When they say that second trimester starts and everyone says second trimester is so easy, like all your symptoms will go away for a trimester and they'll come back in third. (laughs) Second trimester started. I started vomiting all the time. I started like couldn't even I would leave church and walk home, like walk to my car literally gagging and trying not to throw up on the side of the street. When we went to our podcast event. Yeah, I was with you that night that you had to like pretty much pull over and like puke yeah and then as soon as I dropped you off I had to call my mom because every like second I was like uh, uh," I was trying not to throw up all over my car and I had to call her to distract me to get home like it got crazy I don't know what why but it did and so now now mostly it's some food aversions but I'm getting hungrier which is nice Mm -hmm. um nausea comes and goes but not too bad just like brushing my teeth and random stuff 
And I started taking a bath every evening, which helps me get to sleep. So that's, oh, that's been good. nice. And with the insomnia, I would imagine. Yeah. It just like gets your body into that like position where you're ready to relax and go mm-hmm. to sleep. Yeah. And just like comfy and I have a pregnancy pillow. And Oh, yes. That pregnancy yeah. pillow that you keep talking about. <laughs> I honestly want to get one just because I'm a single person and I Seriously? just want to be <laughs> cuddled up next to something. <laughs> Literally. Like, I, I don't know where pregnancy pillow has been all my life and I don't know where maternity clothes have been all my life. <laughs> yes. That's our other, other drive here to record. You were talking about how comfortable maternity clothes were and how like they like it's like a hidden secret for comfort. Yeah. Like I literally want to start a line of Crohn's pants and it just be like maternity pants and then sold as Crohn's yeah, pants. Yeah, that's a because good idea though. What the heck? Why the are fluctuation these... in weight and the and the bloating and, the and pain, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, and the pain. Like I always work out worked out in like these tight pants, right? Because you want like your booty to look good. Yeah. But then every time I would do a squat or something, it would jab into my stomach. Then I'd have to run to the bathroom. Uh, pregnancy leggings are the best thing ever invented in the world. They are leggings up until like your hips and then they're kind of like nylons or whatever, higher than that. And like, oh, hello. Yeah, seems like a good concept. I'm not going right? to lie. Yeah. So like from now on, I'm like any Crohn's patient, please look at, well, I guess women, because I don't think there's men's maternity pants, unfortunately, but maybe you could like. I'm sure they wish there were for yeah. like things like Thanksgiving and <laughs> yeah. Christmas dinners and things like that. But literally, and like yeah. the cl- the shirts, it's all just so wonderful. And I will, yeah. I'm pretty sure be wearing maternity clothes far, far past having a baby I do like that you're starting <laughs> to develop the bump you know what I mean like it's, yeah. it's pretty visible it's that you're so pregnant cute. which is super exciting as somebody who's like admiring from afar like <laughs> that's the cute part right is yeah. when you start to embrace that bump yeah I so. love it and it's the first time I've ever felt like confident about my belly yeah that's a I've good always, thing I've always had like a crone stomach so even when I was tiny like 118 you look back at pictures if I wasn't sucking in I still had like a three-month pregnant bump Right. Because my everything was so inflamed. And yeah. so I always hid that, like always wearing sweaters, always wearing stuff to hide it. And now I'm like, look at my belly. See, that's what I like to hear because <laughs> even through pregnancy where some women struggle to love their bodies and post-pregnancy, yeah. you're choosing to like redevelop this like admiration for yeah. your stomach in it's particular, fun. which I think is an area where a lot of women have problems with mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And the fact that you're embracing that and like finding your your you know adoration for it is kind of cool it's pretty cool and I think a lot of it is like thanks to my husband too because he's like oh it's so cute like yeah he's been he's always been like he would compliment me but when I was going through like my issues with the weight gain with Humair and stuff it was a very touchy thing because he would compliment me and I wouldn't believe him so he wouldn't compliment me that much because it would hurt him for me, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But now he does all. I'm like, I'm a whale. He's like, you're a beautiful, <laughs> not a whale. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a huge beach ball. He's like, you're a beautiful beach ball. <laughs> That's a good husband right there, Stephen. Right? <laughs> yeah, so it's helpful. But I guess I, I don't mind. It's weird because I've always dealt with this body image stuff. But like I'm seeing my body grow and I don't mind it. I guess in some like ways when I turn in the mirror, I'm like, whoo dang and this is only halfway but right but don't be so hard on yourself I think that's a lesson out of Mm -hmm. this is like just allow yourself to go through the motions of wanting to eat whatever you want and adjusting to the fact that your body's changing in all different ways and and just embracing that yeah it's crazy how much like our body can do yeah it is especially when Mm -hmm. you see somebody who's growing a child inside of them right like yeah, and you don't have to do anything yeah <laughs> just it's, gross just deal with all of these symptoms that you just listed Truth. so true 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know what? This brings us to the end of the episode. Yes. But I would love to do this in a couple of weeks, maybe just like a check-in uh, throughout your pregnancy to yeah. kind of see where we're at and how you're feeling. And I love, you know, ch- chatting about it. And I would love yeah. to hear maybe what uh, our listeners have to say about this yes, episode. Please. If you guys have any questions you want us to answer on the next kind of check-in about the pregnancy or how anything's going, please let us know. And we'll wrap this up with one of your answers on what success means to you guys, to our listeners, to the ones that uh, support us, because obviously we've already answered these. So Kirby, take it away. What does one of you have to say? This one says to be happy with what I chose to do, no matter the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I think that a lot of us put the pressure on succeeding and sometimes it's not always about winning or the succession of something it's about the process I love that and that kind of circles back to how we started the podcast with your saying like what if this does change in the future like we're happy right now and that's you're successful in your decision and you have to like you know what perfect example Natalie is 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 the podcast because for me you know sometimes I get hung up with you know sometimes the sound quality on our Mm -hmm. podcast isn't perfect or you know sometimes uh like the first couple of episodes we're probably by episode 50 gonna look back and be like oh my gosh what was happening (laughs) but you have to embrace that instead of like being ashamed of like you know that grassroots process of starting from scratch and building something Mm -hmm. and getting to where you want it to be but also embracing that you're not going to get that perfect outcome all of the time and you're successful when you're trying this episode's been a lot of fun we're going to do this in a couple weeks again a check-in with natalie uh we're really pumped for next the next two episodes uh it's a part one and part two interview and we're really excited to bring that to you so thanks for listening to this week's episode and as always you can find us on social media Thanks so much for listening. If you like our show and want to know more, follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Join us next week for an all new episode.